Yesterday's price is not today's price. Why? Why? Injuries, man, what a tough week. Yesterday's price is not today's price for those injured studs. The most depressing thing for me on Sunday was Tank Dell. There were just so many guys leaving early, and like you would think one guy was done, and then there was another. And then we got the Monday night, and we got Christian Kurt busting his nutsack. And then <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, he goes down. It's like brutal, brutal week. Thanks for joining the Dynasty Market Watch. We're not going dis- to stay depressed long. We got the fantasy playoffs around the corner. We've got to dissect these dynasty market values. I'm Todd Halverson. I'm joined by Brian O'Leary and Matt Davis. We've got a fun one in store. We're going to be talking a little CD Lamb versus Jamar Chase. And woo, buddy, Chase went off on Monday night football. But let's go ahead and get things rolling. We're recording Tuesday night, December 5th. Um, here's what we got in store. So we're going to be hitting our bull or bears here in just a minute. I'm going to knock your socks off with my bear of the week. It's going to be similar to my Kyle Pitts sell proclamation from earlier in the year. Then we're going to get to our rookie report, then a vet update, hit on some of those injuries that we talked about. Then after that, we'll run through some trades. Brian and Matt have made several. And lastly, we will close it out with our buys or sells of the week. So, Matt, I'm still not allowing any Packers talk for at least this segment, but who you got, bull or bear? Since we can't go with Jordan Love, we'll uh, go with Parker Washington as uh, bull of the week. Uh, so, talking about the injury, when he came in for Christian Kirk, he just played the part. He got open uh, on those short intermediate routes constantly. They went to him consistently. Uh, I think he finished with six catches, six ta- six. Six catches on six targets, um, 60 yards, a touchdown. So this guy's on the waiver wire in like half of my leagues right now. Like I checked waivers today, it being Tuesday Tuesday night when we're recording. So, I mean, this guy, you're going to see him get picked up everywhere in your league probably this week. And I wouldn't go crazy offering anything like definitely more than like a late third, if that, for him. It's just a guy I'm keeping my eye on because they went to him consistently over and over again when – Kirk went out. It wasn't one or two big plays. Yeah, just try to add him where you can. He kind of looked like another version of Christian Kirk out there. But I was—I don't even really have a take on Parker Washington. But nobody does. I, was just, I don't think. Yeah, I was just cracking up this afternoon. I was on Twitter and I saw like three different people quote tweeting themselves on like their Parker Washington prospect threads. I'm like, ooh, I nailed it from the off season. And it's always <laughs> funny to me, like all of those prospect threads from the off season, like they're always like the most lukewarm takes. They're always like, Ooh, he's got great body control or um, he's a hands catcher. Maybe and like they throw in some stats to back it up. And it's like the same thing, every thread so that they're kind of like in on everybody so that anybody yeah. that pops up, they're just like throwing out a, a quote to it out there. So yeah. I, always thought, I thought that was super Man. funny this afternoon. I started scrolling Twitter and then bam, like all these Parker Wait. Washington hype, hype tweets. We as a community can victory victory lap just about anything, Todd. The water is yeah. wet. Like boom. Exactly. So my bear of the week. I already kind of uh got got into it a second ago. So it's a QB. I don't think I don't like what I've been seeing from this guy. It's gonna make everyone uncomfortable. And you know, it's like the saying goes like gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. The corny, the corny phrase. So think outside the box here with me. Lamar Jackson is just not who we want him to be right now. Let me just uh, I'll say that again, just, just to let it sink in. Lamar Jackson is not who we want him to be right now. So I'm really starting to become out 
on him at cost. So I want to preface this with saying that primarily I'm talking about six point per passing TD leagues, four point per passing TD leagues. I think he's reasonably fine. Um, if you're wondering like why that would matter. So he doesn't throw many passing touchdowns and in four point per passing touchdown leagues, there's more of an onus on the rushing QBs. They just kind of like present more value. So I think he's fine in, in four point. So why am I out on Lamar Jackson last 20 games? So all the way back to like the first part of last year, he's averaging 19.3 points per game. I also removed week 13 from 2022 where he left injured. So he's averaging 19.3 points per game last 20 games in six point per passing TD leagues. That's generally around QB 15 or 16. That's not great. Not for the guy that is like QB five in dynasty. So right now he's this year's QB 11. Um, he's not that far off from being like QB eight on PFF this year. He's QB nine. That's fine. Um, people be like, oh, well, he had a bad run of touchdown luck this year. I'd push back and say, I don't think so. I think he's exactly exactly in line with ex- his expected fantasy points per game. So I do want to make this crystal clear. I do not think Lamar Jackson is a bad player. He's awesome. Like He's obviously a great player. I think he's an overrated or overvalued dynasty player. So, so Todd, give us some clarity here. So, like you, like you mentioned, he's fifth or sixth in you know keep trade cut or dynasty calc. What is the proper range that you feel he should be in? Yeah, so like you're probably thinking, oh, Todd's got a hot take. Like he's like QB ten. Like that's not the case. Like so, I I don't think he's he's there. Um, and I'm kind of going to give you like a cop out answer in a sense. So I think the ranks in themselves are a little bit silly because like each week they can be just adjusted so easily based on like who played well. So I would think about it more in like terms of tiers. So obviously you've got the top tier that Ray talks about like Allen hurts and Mahomes. Um, then we've got that next tier with Stroud, Herbert, Burrow when he's healthy. And I think most people would have Lamar in that tier and that tier from like four to seven, most people like five or six is where they have him. In six point for passing TD leagues, I would no longer have him in that tier. He would be in the next tier down for me, which would be the tier with Kyler, Dak, and even Anthony Richardson. In the offseason, so, um, I'm going to be trying to trade my Lamar on my six point for passing TD. He's not five and not four. I think he's moderately valued in five. Um, I'm going to try to be trading him and trade him for those guys in that tier that I mentioned of Dak, Kyle, or Anthony Richardson, try to like maybe add a second on top of those guys. Um, I do think one other aspect to this with Lamar is stud QBs generally have more value in like the July, August timeframe when people are trading in terms of startup value. So like, they're like, okay, he's worth the one, he's the one Oh eight. I'm going to make a trade based on that. Whereas like in the season, it's more trade based on fantasy points and they're looking at, you know, keep trade cut or fantasy. They're looking at different things. I think sometimes you look at startup value in the off season. So could I also maybe trade Lamar for like a fields, a Jordan love, Matt's guy, um, Purdy, Sean Watson and get a healthy plus on top. That's the kind of thing that I'm trying to do with Lamar in six point passing touchdown leagues. So, so, so Todd, I have, I have a couple of quick comments. So I was, once you mentioned Lamar might be your bear of the week, I looked a little bit deeper. I was, I was surprised to see the last four years. So 2019, he was unreal. Uh, after that, he's been like 
pretty fringy for six point passing touchdown as a QB one. So what is it that makes him this, this QB one defaults, like everybody loves him kind of thing. Like what, what do you think that is? Like, is it, is it that he had that great 2019? He's so fast. Is it like, what is it? He's not rushing as much. Well, yeah. uh, so it's so it's not only that we saw the high of uh, 2019. I would also say that uh, at least for everybody I know, five point passing touchdown is the standard. Um, so I uh, six. Uh, if you're playing in all six point leagues, I, I could see uh, downgrading him, uh, like Todd said. But yeah, the reason his value is so high is like if you think about the reasons that we have all these quarterbacks ranked in the top 15, top 20 overall assets uh, in the startup and off season, it's not only because they provide a good scoring uh, floor and ceiling, generally all of them, but it's also the long term security. You think of all the quarterbacks that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks that outside of the top 12 or 13, you really don't know who's going to start a year or two from now. Lamar Jackson, you know, is going to be starting the league five years from now. Uh, so, unless, you know, there's some crazy injuries. So a lot of that long-term security is baked into his price, which is fair to a degree. So, uh, so Matt, like, just like boiler, like, like real cliff notes here. It's like the same as like Patrick Mahomes, like, he doesn't have to be QB one to be QB one. Like the, the, the to a lesser degree. Easy. I mean, we saw it with Justin Herbert, right? Last year, Justin Herbert had a down year. I think like Daniel Jones outscored him or something like that. He just didn't have a very good year. His value didn't dip that much because we know he's really good. Um, yeah, I yeah, right. kind of look at it, and that's why I think Todd's case is kind of fair. Like uh, I don't think he should be locked into like a top five, top six overall quarterback, but I do think he should be locked into that uh you know back into the first uh early like one two turn in this in an offseason startup to tie a bow on a todd so like you mentioned kyler and lamar being the same tier for you and six point passing touchdowns are you taking any type of plus to kyler to move lamar yeah because i mean i can based on what the market says so like if i i would have lamar in the top of that tier i probably have lamar at like qb six or seven or probably QB seven, but it's just the tier break. I, I've, I'm now he's crossing to a different tier for me. But based on the market, the market says that I should be able to get a plus. And so if I can't get the plus, then sure, just give me Lamar. I'll hold on to Lamar. Like I don't see a major difference to Matt's point. I think he'll eventually bounce back a little bit. I just don't see that um, ceiling. Maybe that we were all hoping for over the last couple of years of being like he can be the QB one like perennially, like I think uh, Josh Allen or Mahomes can be. I think we were kind of holding him in that QB5 holding holding range that he might be able to boost back into there. I just don't see it happening. In, ter- in terms of a plus, I assume you'll do a two. Would you do someone? Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna use Michael Wilson as an example, but some, like a really a true flyer receiver that is a rookie receiver. Are you taking that as a plus? A true flyer mid to like, value Like player. some guy not, that you like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, not. Yeah, some guy that I like, um, mid to value, um, sure. All right, Fair so Matt, yeah. Brian, we talked. We talked a really um, well-known <laughs> player. Hit us with your bull or bear for this week. Hopefully I will be the right. rain on the parade here. Um, my bull of the week is Brevin Jordan. Um, We've talked extensively about how we love CJ Stroud. We love how his options and he's a kingmaker that I've mentioned and Dave Plout mentioned and 
everyone everyone seems to be just you know smitten with CJ Stroud. Um, to me, I think Brevin Jordan could potentially pop off with a great quarterback. He's athletic. Uh, he can make big plays. Schultz is an un- unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Is he really I, I think he's he, and he's just a, kind of a jag in my opinion. Just a guy like uh, Schultz is decent, but like I could see Brevin Jordan if he hit, if if Schultz misses a couple games, let's say like it, like this injury just lingers. Brevin Jordan could play his way into something. He's under contract for a couple of years, so to me, that's a guy that you can buy for like a fourth probably. And add to your, the waiver wire or the <laughs> waiver wire. wire. I, I, I got him off the waiver yeah. wire, but he had like 60, he had 60 yards this past week, something like 63 yeah. yards or something like that. So like there might be a little more buzz now that they're not going to just give him mm-hmm. away, but just about, it's pretty close to a giveaway that like, to me, like, especially in a tight end premium league, that's a guy that like, like for example, Dalton Schultz, like he was just a guy that no one cared about a couple of years ago. I had him on a bunch of teams, and all of a sudden, I turned him into this and that. Like you could turn Brevin Jordan in a year or two if he doesn't pop. You could probably turn him into something that's a little more nice and uh, compatible with your your build. So it's just something to think about. Nothing too hot takey. Yeah, Brevin Jordan was like a Debbie darling until like he fell to like the third round out of Miami. I know a lot of people liked him. Fifth, fifth um, round, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I had but, no idea that Dalton Schultz was uh, only on a one year deal. So that doesn't add some intrigue to this. Yeah. yeah in my head, I had thought he signed like a three year, $27 million deal. I don't know where I made that up in my head, but like that's the contract. Show me contract. Yeah. Go ahead and move into our rookies. So we talked Brevin Jordan. We talked Park Par- Par- Washington. Just go add those guys if you can. Um, let's hit rookies, um, in our rookie report. So let's just start off with the running backs and we'll kind of dance around Bijan and just like go straight to the, 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 the debate of like Achan and Gibbs. So Brian, um, I know you've been hard on Gibbs pause <laughs> since the beginning. Um, who do you prefer Achan versus Gibbs? I prefer Ah, uh, that's that's tough. I, I like I, I view them as pretty much a coin flip, kind of what you're saying with Lamar and Kyler. If I can get any type of like plus that I like, I'll take that guy. I think Achan has some concerns, obviously injury wise, um, but I think he's potentially more explosive as well. So like the trade offs, I can I are kind of evening off. Um, I will say, um, you know, go ahead. For me, it's just that I get with HM, I get Mike McDaniel, and I think that he'll use him the right way. I don't, they don't seem afraid to use him in the red zone or in the near the goal line. And the concern that Matt and I have had, you know, lingering for a while is the David Montgomery, like not going away thing. I don't think he's going away. Now, Gibbs is going to be awesome, even with Montgomery. Um, but it, the goal line thing does seem to be a bit of an issue. And I get Mike McDaniel, and I think they're probably pretty similar overall. So it's like, give me the guy that has like the badass offense. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 just, I just see HN and Gibbs as like, it doesn't matter with those guys because they're going to have a bunch of 20, 30, 40 yard runs. Um, that, and that's, and that, that's why I cared less about what you were saying about Montgomery earlier in the season, Matt, especially because it was like, Okay, Montgomery will get the the like the goal line touch this past week. He had a goal line touch after Gibbs had a whatever forty ish. Yeah, yeah, run. yeah. So like, 
I get you, you'll lose those six points, and that's going to limit him to a degree. And that, but that's why he's not flying past Achan, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think Achan will ultimately get a lot of those. Like he'll he'll bust the fifty yarder, get it down to the six, and then he'll go score the touchdown. And just for our listeners, a call back from last week. I'll take both of those running backs over Brees Hall. Yeah, sure. that's fair. I mean, they're going to produce more the rest of the season, and their outlook going forward is at least as good. So, and and why Matt, why Brian said that was Brees Hall was his uh, bear of the week last week, and uh, he's out on Brees Hall. So, um, let's also talk quickly on Ty J Spears. I think he's at a price. tough one to buy at price. Uh, Brian says so. I, I think Ty J Spears is a tough one to buy. I think everybody that has him is like, oh, he's like he's like the dude and so you're not going to go out and just like steal ty j spears for a couple twos or something um where would where will you the moment the season is over matt where are you going to have ty j spears and you're like running back rankings i mean it's so hard to say i i don't think he's gonna go crazy in value and it, it it depends on what happens these last few weeks but i think uh mike dynasty zoltan uh couple months ago said that he expects him to be kind of like similar to where Rashad White was like in that low end RB2 uh like RB 18 to 24 range in the offseason where it's like they're worth maybe a late first or an early second and some other piece so I, I would almost push back I think you probably can get him for close to two twos right now or something similar to that um, I at least think that's starting the conversation and no one's just going to flat out reject it without a counter, but so, I mean, who knows? But yeah, I, I think, I think if I you're think going if you can get Ty J Spears for two twos, you should be out trying to do that. Like, I think that's yeah, really time, good. Yeah, timing matters, right? Cause he just, he's had some slower, quieter games and he had a bunch of touches this past week. So like people are going to be a little more receptive or la- less receptive to moving him. I think this, this week, but two twos is a, a good starting point. For me, I think he'll be like RB, like when we hit, you know, the day after week 17 ends and we're starting to look at startups, I think he'll be like RB 15 for me. Like right behind Pacheco, right behind Javante Williams probably, but ahead of like the Pollards and um, Rashad I'm, White, who's like a little bit higher than him right now. If if we lose Derrick Henry and by we Titans, if they lose Derrick Henry for whatever reason, however they do it, I think he'll be fringe top twelve. So I like I, I guess I'm 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 on board with you, Todd. Like the explosiveness is gonna be there. This this running back class is not my favorite. That there's not the this usurper that they're gonna draft that they're gonna be like, oh my God, this guy is gonna cut back into Tajay Spears and Matt's gonna come in with somebody probably the Wisconsin or whatever running back and I'm gonna say, meh. No the ahead, Matt. No, the funny thing is I hope you guys are right. because uh, uh, it sounds like both of you guys are higher on Tajay Spears than I am. And he's one of my most owned players. I have 30% of them. <laughs> and I like Todd, like Todd said, kind I'll of, I, I'm just saying, I kind of figured this year was a punt. Uh, hopefully he showed some flashes, wait for him to build up value this offseason. He, he reminds me so much of when I was drafting Tony Pollard. <laughs> and so that's, that's, my, that's a little bit of my concern is like, uh, I think it's so easy for us as a community to project these old running backs to just go away because it would be convenient for us. And like, I don't think Derrick Henry's going anywhere. I think it's more likely than not 
that he's going to be back and on the team next year. His Correct contract me is up. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, as the as the company Titans fan, they're pretty much like they're going to part ways after this year. I he's think he's running like, oh. in at this point. Like I like he had a couple long runs, and I was watching like replays of it. And I was just like. Is he? I don't think is Henry, no one trying to tackle him right now. Like, what's yeah, going I don't think on? Henry's like dead. Like, I think he's going to go somewhere else and be serviceable in like a twelve to fifteen carry role. But his he he will not be a Titan after this year. Okay, Todd. So so we, we've 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 talked about your team. We've mentioned Matt's team. Why don't we transition here and we're talking about rookies, Josh Downs. Um, so your team, Josh Nicole. Downs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I want some selfishness on my end here. Um, he's fantasy Kelk court, uh, wide receiver number 40. And from what I talked to you a little bit, Todd, you're not super high on Josh downs at the moment. And I wanted to ask you looking at fantasy Kelk, Quentin Johnson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaren, Christian Watson, Hollywood Brown, all of those guys are around or above Josh downs. Are you taking any of those guys? Please, please God. No. Yeah, do so, so I, I when I like think about Josh Downs, I was really high on him a few weeks ago. I even traded for him, um, I, and I'm I'm still not like out on him, but I'm a little bit concerned about him. But the guys, but where he's at on fantasy calc, I can't. I mean, wide receiver forty. You said QJ, Marquise Brown, Jamison Williams, Amari Cooper, McLaurin are all ahead of him. I would still have Josh Downs ahead of those guys. Um. Before I was like Josh Downs for sure have Rasheed Rice. I'd probably just take Rasheed Rice at this point. Um, but my concern with, with Downs is that Pittman is absolutely the clear alpha. We're going to talk about Michael Pittman here in a little bit, so I won't belabor him. But I mean, Pittman's getting like Pittman's going to be getting like twenty-seven to thirty percent of the target share. So that's probably going to top Downs out a little bit at like the low to mid twenties, like best case. And like if they draft someone, that's going to hurt him. If they ever get a tight end. That, that could hurt him a little bit. And so I'm just concerned about like the the peak that I thought was possible with Josh Downs. So like I really um, like what I'm hearing from people like that watch film. Um, his analytics are still pretty good, but I'm Time. getting some well, Jahan Dotson vibes from. What was the peak Josh that Downs. you were that you thought about that you're concerned about now? What is that peak? I like, think he, like borderline wide receiver one in Dynasty. Like not wide receiver one overall, like a top twelve wide receiver type of thing. I or... thought that he could there for a while. I was like, he, this guy could be like a like a low or a high teens, like in the wide receiver like seventeen, like a like a like a back end wide receiver two. Um, and now I don't think I see that in his realm. Todd the Titans fan has spoken enough about Josh Downs here, Matt. Let's speak some sense into him, right? You were pounding on the table last week for Josh Downs. Give me something here, please. Yeah, so the one thing that I really don't uh, give a lot of credence to is like the too many mouths to feed or, he, you know, he's got to be playing behind this guy. I just don't care that much about that. Um, it can matter when you start to talk about guys with Jalen Waddles type of value, right? And like Tyreek blocking him and even Devontae Smith. When, like when you're talking about a top 10 dynasty wide receiver and there's a target earner blocking him, that's when I'll start to listen to that. Uh, when it, when we're talking about these guys that are, like you said, Josh Downs is wide receiver 40 on fantasy calc, I'd say even uh, go up to wide wide receiver like 25 to 40, that range. 
I'm not really concerned about that. What I'm concerned with is, am I seeing progression from him in his overall career arc? Do I think he's talented? Uh, what does the offense overall look like? And he checks a lot of those boxes, right? Uh, Shane Steichen, uh, we've been talking about him for months now, the head coach for the Colts. You, uh, The same reason that we're going to be pretty bullish on Michael Pittman, a lot of that is, applies to Josh Downs, too, with Shane Steichen just running the fastest offense in the league by far. He's a maniac running like 75, 80 plays a game, whatever the number is. Um, and then Josh Downs is just a really talented guy. That's what I think it comes down to. I, he, he's, uh, he shows me that when I see him like pop up on Sunday Red Zone. Um, a lot of the guys we trust, like Dynasty Zoltan, Mike, a lot of other guys really liked him uh, going back to the offseason as a prospect. So bottom line is, like, I, I'm just not worried about Michael Pittman, like, killing the guy. And I think he's very talented in an offense I want to be invested in. And right now his price seems entirely reasonable. So I, I would say so, it's about it. So, Matt, we're talking about guys you like. So I think that's a perfect time to talk about Tank Dell, another person that you're just – we talked about the injury. It sucks. So – how are you viewing him right now? Is that some is it, is this a buy window? Are you concerned because of the size with the injury? Like where where are we at here? No, I mean I really like Dell. Uh, I don't. My opinion of him hasn't changed that much from the last week when we were asking if he's a top twelve dynasty wide receiver, and a lot of us had. Uh, I think all of us had him right around that wide receiver so, twelve range. So, so knowing this injury, you're paying a top twelve ish price right now. Uh, no, uh, not really, because I'll get into this later with my buy of the week. I don't think you really have to, like, unless you think T Higgins is a top 12 wide receiver right now, would you guys have him as a top 12 wide receiver? Cause he hasn't been in that like top 12 conversation all year. Um, no, I mean, I have like a tier of wide receivers that go like right after, um, Chris Olave and it's like starts at Waddle and it goes to like wide receiver 15 or something. Um, and Tank Dell resides in that tier, even with the injury. Yeah, uh, the reason I asked about T. Higgins was, like, so that's one of the trades I made in one of our leagues uh, this week, Brian, in a team that I expect to contend next year, but I'm not contending this year. Uh, I traded T. Higgins straight up for Tank Dell. And then a, another trade where I'm not contending this year. Traded Nico Collins and the 24-302 for Tank Dell and two mid to late 24 thirds so like the thirds i didn't really care that much so Um, the differentiator is 302 versus two late threes probably yeah and to me i didn't really care about that i viewed that pretty so you're basically nico collins for for tank dell but that so that's what i'm saying with like nico collins and t higgins like uh i view t higgins and nico collins more in that like wide receiver 15 to 20 group than like that wide receiver 12 group so if I can swap one of those players for Tank Dell, that's ideally what I'm trying to do. And that's what I was able to do in two of my leagues this week. So I think that's something pretty actionable. If I'm headed into the like the trade deadline and I really need that body for Tank Dell, I'm okay doing like a one-for-one one in that tier. Um, Nico would be great. He's part of that tier for me. Um, Devontae, all those guys. Before the injury, I was, I was really moving Tank Dell to the top of the list, not into the Chris Olave tier but like at the wide receiver 9 10 11 whereas probably now with the injury moving back a little bit because this year still matters like i still need production so i would swap him for one of those um, but yeah same tier I, i'm i'd rather have nico 
Um, Brian, where are you, Nico versus Tank? So this this is where Matt uppercuts me into oblivion, probably. But Nico Collins is to me like I I did some research. I I want to believe in Tank Dial. I do like because I think he runs great routes. He's you know he's getting open. He's getting targets. All that stuff is good. But he's small. The draft capital, the injury to me is like a scary thing. And like, look what Nico did. I get that he wasn't uh, fighting for targets with um, Schultz or Tank, but like Nico has had four top five wide receiver weeks this season. To me, like that is telling us that that massive ceiling is absolutely there. He's attached, just like I talked about Brevin Jordan, he's attached to CJ Stroud. And here's the thing. He's only, he turns 25 in March. Tank Dell turns 25 in October. This is probably something that not a lot of people think about because Tank is a rookie and Nico Collins is in his third year. They are roughly the, basically the same age. So because Nico Collins came in younger, I like to me, like he has the prototypical size that we, we all agree. I think that like size doesn't make everything. Now we see Quentin Johnson, but um, like to me, like I'm, t- I'm taking Nico Collins like 99 out of 100 times here. I, get I just want to say, valley- I just want to say, Nico Collins on Fantasy Cal is wide receiver 19, and on KTC, he's wide receiver 21. That is outrageous to me. Like, what are we doing? Like, this guy, all he's done is be awesome every single week. Now he doesn't yeah. have Tank Dell. Like, he's what are we doing at wide receiver 19 or wide receiver 21? That doesn't even, that doesn't make sense to me. He He's easily in like Devontae I, Smith, Waddle. Like he is in that grouping. Like go ahead and make the move now. Get a plus on top if you can. I'd be surprised if the Nico owners be willing to give a plus on top to be honest though. I'm befuddled the fact that he is that that far down the range. Matt, Matt, you better protect your boy here sooner. We're becoming a Nico Collins podcast all over again here. I have no issue with Tank Dell. I love Tank Dell, but like Nico Collins ranking is outrageous. Behind Zay Flowers? Are you kidding? I mean, I love yeah. JSN. Behind JSN, what are we doing? Addison? Like, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it really is people not trusting uh nico's slow development the taking till year three to break out and i think uh what made a lot of what's making a lot of people hesitant is that stroud factor and noah noah brown's 320 yards and back-to-back weeks i think has people kind of like wondering like all right what what did noah brown have this week uh no idea dunkin donut yeah (laughs) I mean, I'd rather have Nico Collins and Noah Brown. But, uh, yeah, so I think the main the main point in Tank's favor is, yeah, like he's uh, Nico's only six months older than Tank. They're essentially the same age, but Tank's a rookie. Uh, so I, to me, the experience uh, matters a lot more than age when it comes to meeting certain milestones at uh, certain – like hitting certain thresholds at certain milestone ages or – uh, so, years in the league, look, so let's talk about though, like rookies that everyone gives them, like JSN, for example, they're giving them like this learning curve or like developing a role curve, right? He's Tank Dell is going to hit that age cliff sooner, like, and he might not age great if he's having a couple injuries with his size on top of it, like, so, like, will he be able to? 
do a Keenan Allen type performance, this is a, that's an extreme example, but like someone that is like probably washed, but he gets open enough to get a bunch of catches. Like is tank Dell, someone that can do that. Or is tank Dell like this flash in a pan for three or four years? I don't know. I don't really, I, I definitely don't worry about that kind of age stuff with rookies. Yeah, no, like another, either. like just Calvin asking Rick- questions. Like Calvin Ridley came in at a really old age. And then once he had that top five season with Atlanta before the Atlanta or before the gambling stuff, he was considered an extremely high value player. Uh, so no, uh, Listen, as long as if Tank Dell didn't get hurt and he kept smashing, Tank Dell was on his way. Like I think, uh, Ian, who we all follow on Twitter, uh, Dynasty IM, he had him, I think, wide receiver eight in his latest rankings before Dell Del got hurt. He was well on his way to like that wide receiver eight to 12 range in a lot of smart people's rankings. And I think come the offseason, he's going to be treated that way again. Maybe that makes Nico Collins a buy, and I don't even disagree with that. But I think Dells should be ranked higher just because he's doing all this work. He's not a third-year player. So, so we're we're comparing wide receivers, and why don't we just jump into instead of like fringe top twelve, top fifteen, top eighteen ish receivers? Why don't we just jump right into it here with the big timers? So, I've seen a couple of different polls. I think Zoltan was the most recent one that I saw post. Who is the wide receiver two overall in Dynasty? Is it C.D. Lamb? Is it Jamar Chase? Are we factoring in short-term, long-term? All of those different things. Um, I'll give my points here, and then I'll back off and let you guys go off. But Chase is a year younger. Burrow is a better than Dak. And to me, Chase is more explosive than C.D. Lamb. So, it's not again, it's, it's not saying C.D. Lamb is wide receiver seven. It's saying... Jamar Chase tier of his own or tier second tier behind Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. But I know Todd was Chase higher than Jefferson. So why don't you speak to this first here, Todd? Yeah, and that was as we were getting to the injury. Um, pre-injury, I had Jeff, Justin Jefferson above Chase. We hit the injury. I put Chase above because I'd rather have my points now. And um then Burrow got hurt. So like obviously now I dropped fair down. Enough. Chase okay, fair enough. So the Chase versus Lamb thing for me, um, I would have Chase ahead. Um, what's the gap? Um, the gap is probably more than what someone's going to be willing to pay, maybe like two twos or something. And I just don't see many people being willing to do that. But one issue for me is that you mentioned it, the Burrow Dak. So I, I think Burrow is obviously awesome and Dak has been clearly awesome, but Dak is like on an absolute heater at the craps table right now. And at some point when he craps out and he will crap out, Burrow's crapped out before. Does he go on another heater? That's my question. If he's going to go on another heater, like Burrow's done, like, Mahomes does like these guys will crap out and then bam they just hit they just keep rolling they go on another run if Dak goes on another run now we're saying it's a little bit closer because the peripherals are getting are have been close um one issue is that Chase has been doing it for longer Lambs this is like a much shorter time frame it's like since like week four or something um so if you think Lamb is equal to Chase I'd say probably at that point you think Dak is in almost the same tier as Burrow and that's not crazy either. Like I, I think that's totally reasonable as pocket passers. Todd, but really quick, tw- quick tangent here. You mentioned Dak and his prowess, and he's on a heater, and he's going to eventually crash. You mentioned Lamar earlier in the early in the episode here. So 
If you have a Lamar, what on top of Dak do you need? Uh, a second. He's in the. They're in the same tier okay. for me, so I would take a second. Okay, so and I think they're one. I think that the market says they're one tier down. For for what it's worth, what I'm no. saying is he Dak will crap. Like when I say crap out, like he'll have like a bad game. Okay, yeah. does he have a bad game? And then does he go on another run of like 25 to 30 point games? Right. But not, we, not like I think he's going to be bad. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm sure. saying like no, there no, will be no. a game yeah, where yeah. you're like, okay, Dak only scored 13 points. All right, what does he do the next game? Does he go for 25 again, or does he go for 16 the next game? But, and it's but, but I guess my okay, point is crap outs impact perception short term. So is that someone that you're waiting for that crap out to then buy Dak with a potentially a larger plus? Or that you're? it sounds like you're just saying – the crap out is short term, not long term, and you're kind of uh, endorsing Dak here. Yeah, sure. If if he has the bad game, it's probably going to be more of an off season thing. So, like in the off season, when Lamar's going like 107 and Dak's like in the back half of the second, that's when I think there's a chance to capitalize and say, okay, I'm giving you a, a startup 107. You're giving me a whatever he is, a mid two, whatever he's going at. Um, compensate me for that. And I think the compensation in the offseason will be larger than it is right now because Dak's outproducing Lamar. I got you. So, Matt, where where are we at for you, Chase and uh, Lamb? I mean, I don't have a strong take on it, really. I, I'd rather have Chase. I think the difference probably is maybe like a second-round pick right now. Um, to me, CD has done enough where – he can kind of join this conversation going back to last year and this year. And that's why to me, we don't really, if you notice, we don't really talk about like first round startup picks very often on this show, like top 10, top 12, top 14 overall guys. There's not a lot to say in my opinion. And to me, CD has reached that tier. Like I, uh, he's just crushing it every week. Um, there's not a lot, like he he reaches that twenty point per game threshold and I, I and I don't think that Dak is really going to slow down like like you guys said yeah he's going to have a bad game here or there uh, next year I would expect Dak to play at the level at a similar level to what he's playing at now so I would expect CD to keep up his production uh, for the next few years I'm, I'm fine with him being in that same tier with Jamar Chase and right, and I always had Justin Jefferson as uh, tier above the rest of the guys he's the only one to me that is clear cut above everybody else Matt, you you met you mentioned hot takes or your lack of hot takes with this this uh lamb versus chase so todd speaking to you earlier i know you have a hot take and i want to speak to it here so this player i saw mentioned in a tweet he happens to play for my my favorite team the colts he's a receiver He's not Josh Downs. Um, so this tweet said that Michael Pittman, I have a, I have a strong suspicion that he'll be top 10 in his own rankings for wide receivers overall. So that's Jamar Ch- uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, uh, St. Brown, AJ Brown, Tyreek, Garrett Wilson, Ayuk, and he included Marvin Harrison Jr. And then he had Pittman 10th. So, Todd, where are we at here? So, I don't know if Alave was a part of that list. I would have Alave in that group. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. in that group. 
I don't think it's crazy to have Michael Pittman Jr. in that next tier. Earlier I mentioned I have a tier of like 9 through 15 or so. Um, Puka's in there. I've mentioned some others. Nico's in there. Um, I don't think it's crazy to have Michael Pittman there. And you can, you know, wherever you want to have him, like week to week. And so let me give you some reasons why. So Michael Pittman is third in the NFL in target share. He has a coach that, like, is a baller. Like, Steichen is awesome. And honestly, it sounds dumb, but, like, I'm adding that to my process in a sense. Like, we've talked about it a little bit this year. Um, Shanahan, McVay, Mike McDaniel, um, and now Steichen. LaFleur um, with the Packers. Like, Matt, contain yourself a little bit. Um, Like, (laughs) these coaches are making players, maybe not making the player themselves, but they're giving them an extra ceiling that we weren't quite sure was there. Maybe the Texans um, offensive coordinator is boosting a little bit. He comes from the Shanahan offense, um, the Shanahan um, coaching tree. Um, they're kind of like the ba- like a, they're kind of like the basketball coach that says, um, "I'm going to put the ball in my best player's hands, and my other guys are going to set screens and then get the ball to my best player." Like they do, they are they are aiding their guys to help. They're not like po- holding them back. Um, so just some more stats for Pittman. Wide receiver seven this year and expected fantasy points per game since week six. We don't love splits. I I get that. Like we're talking about like seven, eight games here, but since week six, he's wide receiver four only behind lamb Tyreek and Keenan Allen Hmm. wide receiver five, by the way, is a whole one and a half points behind that group. So he is like fully in that tier. um, Well above everyone. Um, I think the pushback is that, okay, Next year he's going to have Anthony Richardson. There's going to that's going to create some problems for Michael Pittman, and we've only got two games, so like take it for what it's worth. But in those two games, his expected fantasy points per game wide receiver five. Um, he was like wide receiver seven or eight in those in those two games. So like he has been very very good, and I think he's well earned being in this group. And I have no issue with saying like wide receiver you know, whatever it is, 10, I think it's like, I think like 10 to 15, nine to 15 is something like that. What I have in that tier. And that includes guys like Waddle and Devonte Smith. And really quick. Also, Michael Pittman is 26. That feels kind of old. Jalen Waddle is 25. Now Devonte Smith is 25. Now, like we're talking about one a little over a year difference. It's, it, it's not as meaningful as people want it, want it to be. For Pittman. I I've just and Matt and I were talking a little bit off air about this. I've just pigeonholed him as a really good player, but like a DJ Moore type of like perennial wide receiver too, which I guess isn't a bad thing. I'm just concerned with his potential, um, his boost that his numbers that you're you're giving great stats right now. I feel like that is going to boost his value higher than what I like him at. And there's just a lot of guys in that range that I would prefer that I think have higher ceilings. Like, and they're they're riskier maybe, but like Puka, Tank, Nico, JSN, Higgins, Debo, London. I'm some of those are fringe. Some of those I feel really good that I would definitely take the other player like Puka and Tank and Nico. Those three for sure I would take. I would prefer London. And I know that's maybe kind of hotter, but. Uh, Matt, you know, why don't you break our tie here that like, like Michael Pittman to me is like, just kind of like wide receiver two guy. 
No, and it's similar to even though Pittman's had a better career so far by a wide margin, it's similar to what we were talking about with Nico Collins, where I think we're kind of holding the last two years uh, against Pittman, even though he's in a new environment. With Nico Collins, you got a brand new franchise quarterback. Uh, Michael Pittman point. similarly is in like a brand new um, environment. So I, I think we have to kind of readjust, recalibrate to uh, where Todd's valuing him. But I I kind of agree, right? So I would still have Puka over him. I would still have Tank Dell over him. I would still have Devontae Smith and Brandon Ayuk over him. And then you kind of can start selling me on Michael Pittman. Like, if you want, like, yeah, I would take him over Addison. I would take him over DK. I would take him over JSN. Um, Diggs is almost his own little grouping there because it depends on what you need. Nico Collins, I think, is almost even with uh, Pittman. So, I would have him right there, and I think that makes him a solid. I don't know. I was going to say that makes him a solid buy, but that like he's valued right there right now. So I don't know if he's a good buyer or not right now. He just seems like properly valued, kind of. He's, like he's probably properly that. valued. I think you're probably right, but I think there's if you are on a contending team, like and let's say you have Tank Dell. For me, I don't think that's a terrible pivot maybe you can get a little something on top you should be able to get a little something on top i would think um speaking of of um contending teams let's quickly before we kind of get into a couple trades let's talk guys that are really struggling it on that struggle bus some old guys so eckler and cup these guys are they were supposed to be on our juggernauts and it's just not coming to fruition so i like think about like these are like your um like you got your NASCAR, like your your tires that are have really giving you some good some good run. We're getting to the end of the race, and I just need you to give me like three more laps so I don't have to go get my tires changed. Like give me three more laps, and we can go win a championship with Eckler and Cup. And I'm just not sure we're gonna get get to the finish line, but that's the hope. Like that is the hope. Um, this is like the like the the Toby Keith song, like. Uh, I ain't as good as I once was. That's two episodes in a row that you've sung, Todd. As is that something I, that you're looking singer? into here? Yeah, like, am I, did I miss like, my calling? But Be I'm real. as good once as I ever was. I remember that song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Toby Keith, baby. Like, I mean, I'm I'm here in East Tennessee. Like, we, we're country music around here. But, like, but for real, I, I might be, I might have missed my calling. Um, I've actually never heard myself sing, so this is going to be interesting to listen back to. Don't listen to this episode, yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least um, it starts the end. So, so for me, <laughs> yeah. for me, like Eckler and Cup, it feels like if you're like a gambler and you're, and it's like minus six, and the team that you bet on is up four, and the running back or receiver breaks this long run, and then they slide down before they score a touchdown. That's what to me Eckler kind of feels like. That it's like. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man, I hate your guts. And like to me, that's where I'm at with Eckler. I've I paid a couple late ones, and now I just like I want to throw him off a balcony and never see him again. Yeah, I mean that's a long way of kind of what I just had down is like Eckler's fucking cooked, man. Like he's done. Like <laughs> uh, and I think that's what everybody thinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, and he, he probably is. I saw um, this was coming into this season. I saw um, I don't remember who it who did it. Might have been Peter Howard on Twitter. Um, he was talking about how old players. I think he was more talking about receivers, but maybe running backs too. How old players will go through like one 
like down year and then one final good season and it's less about age and it's more about like their career arc i don't i don't remember the data exactly but it was basically like one like eh season and then an explosive season and then they're done again so like keenan allen was the guy that was talked about um, I think in this thread and now we are seeing the Keenan Allen mega season. Like he went through, like he was really good. Maybe had like a down ish year, but then like one more like push to the finish. So like Matt, you're exactly right. I mean, he looks cooked. I think he was like 13 miles per hour on that breakaway run two weeks ago. He hit like, I think 20 miles per hour last year. So like he is cooked. I think we might in the off season, like I'm just going to be going and trying to grab him. Um, especially on like maybe some, uh, tank teams that are turning into a contender next year. Like just maybe I can just get him for like a two and maybe that I get that one last Eckler run in 2024. So I saw someone in one of my leagues today actually list Eckler and someone, someone of that range. And he was like, bare minimum, I want it to. So like, that's exactly what you're talking about, Todd. So that might be an actionable thing this off season for sure. And at that point, there's not a there's not a ton of risk at that point when you're risking, uh, we'll say a mid to late two if you think you're like trending in the right direction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. I, I mean, Eckler is a guy I have no shares of anymore. I uh, got rid of him during the season. If I did have any, as soon as the season ended, I definitely would be trying to hop off the ride I, i'd be fine hopping off for mid-second okay. uh jacob sanderson did have one tweet that i would point out where even with the decreased efficiency that uh eckler's shown he has like a lot of really good matchups to end the season so i mean if you want to hold him for that uh reason maybe he oh, i'm holding him on the contenders we're hold, we're holding out yeah we're hoping we can yeah, get to true. the finish line he like three or four weeks ago he had a couple like like, give us something close 20 point games like he can go score a couple touchdowns yeah. he's gonna get a little bit of vol. it's not gonna be great but he's gonna get some solid yeah. volume like give we, us some we can give have us some inefficient good, points yeah, yeah we can get some points in the playoffs um like i said i'm not as good as he once was but he's as good once as he ever was so i think he can give it to us so um <laughs> before we go into our trades brian you had one um eckler trade and then after that um maybe Matt, you had one or two. Um, I don't know if we've hit them yet, but yeah, Brian, go ahead with your record. Yeah. Um, okay. So this team is weird. I'll call it a pretender. Um, I gave Austin Eckler, Mixon, Cooks, and I'm trying to kind of pivot from I'm not contending to like get younger and rebuild the structure a little bit. So Eckler, Mixon, Cooks, I gave. And I got my own 24-1 back. It was an orphan that I took. That's probably 105 to 108. And then my two back. So not great value. But to me, like long-term, it probably pays some dividends. Oh, that's um, really good value, I think. Yeah, today, that's really good value. Like when, when you made the trade, I, I get Because this was about a week ago, I think, that you made the trade. Yeah. Prior yeah. to like the 14 carries for 18 yards from Eckler, where he went from yes. maybe being a late one to nowhere near to a late one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that time, I think I, I mean, their value. The flip side to that is Mixon just scored 32 points. No that's one gets true. We're not even talking. That's kind of what I was getting at. Mix, Mixon had two yeah. down games in a row that like people were like, just like, all right, get this puncher out of my out of my face i mean and brandon cooks is basically i mean he, he's a, he's a no needle mover in a trade like that for me so rude he's, um, i'm gonna talk about him in a second 
Okay, so um, I'll quickly give one trade, and then Matt, if you have anything. So last week I made the disgusting uh, announcement that I'll make Ju- Jerry Judy my buy of the week for like a late, late two. And I say late, late, meaning like a buy two, so a team that I think will be a buy. So I did make one Jerry Judy trade. It felt gross then, and it still feels gross now. I traded away a buy two on a tank team where I had like four or five twos. Um, a late, um, so that late two and a playoff three for Jerry Judy. That's the first and only share that I've ever gotten of him. And yeah, I mean, it's gross and I'm not that proud of it, but, um, Jerry Judy's <laughs> on one of my dynasty teams. Yeah, I, I do want to I mean, say, I do want to say really quick, Jerry Judy's peripherals are not that bad. He's got like a 20% target share this year. His air yard share is dead even with Cortland Sutton. He's just not producing, which is what we need out of him. But that's why he's worth like a late two. I think you're going to have a hard time getting him for a late two based on what I saw of all the owners that I talked to. Rationalize however you need to, Todd. More. No, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't view it as rationalization. Just save it you're going to need that clip to sell him later on. So like, just yeah, any positive number that you can find in his favor, but yeah, I, you didn't risk much a late two and three. I think it's fine. I, I would not have done it. I don't want any part of Judy, but uh, yeah, it's compared to what he's been going for the last couple seasons in the off season. Uh, that's a pretty nice discount. I, I don't really have any trades of the week. Just the uh, two that I'd mentioned, both involving tank Dell. One, I gave up T straight up the other one. Uh, we swapped some thirds that came out to pretty much nothing, but uh, tank tells to that. Uh, that kind of brings us to our closing time end of the week. Uh, I mean, mine is basically just that mine's by tank Dell uh, for something like I just gave Nico Collins, T Higgins, uh, so like uh, Michael Pittman is a guy that I would give up for tank Dell uh, that we mentioned. So uh, by tank Dell is my buy of the week. What do you think, Brian? What's yours? I think that makes sense. Um, I have a bunch of cheap contender pieces. So very few of these people are going to be sexy, but I'm going to list the name and then kind of what I've either paid for recently or what I think you can pay for. So Jake Browning, a fourth. I've bought him twice for a fourth. Um, Granted, he had a big primetime game, but I still think you could probably do that. The person probably doesn't want him on their team. Baker Mayfield, I've paid a 25-2. I think he's a good insurance policy Taysom Hill, I've paid twice, a fourth. Uh, again, just like, you know, guy that's scoring points, but you're not paying a lot. It's a low-risk maneuver. Uh, Joe Flacco, which is makes me vomit. Um, but that's if he's if he's not available, pay a fourth. It's, it's a guy that I think is probably going to get a couple more starts. This is someone that Matt kind of threw some dirt on a few weeks ago, but Damian Pierce outpaced Singletary this past week. I think you probably pay a late three or two like two late threes potentially if you have to, but that's another guy that I think could help you stretch run. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Todd just kind of shit on him a little bit, but like a 25-3 and a flyer guy, uh, I think you can get him and he gives you points. Geno Smith, I've I've gotten for a, a three and a four. I know that's not sustainable, but a two and a three, I think you can probably get. Zach Moss, I've gotten two or three shares of him in the last week for two threes. And James Conner, a late two and a three or like a flyer again. I think it's another contender piece that you can add on. Yeah, makes sense. So just some actionable, like really cheap uh, bargain bin basement. That's actually going to tangibly yeah. help you here. Yeah, if yeah no, if you got I, a trade I, deadline, if you got a trade deadline in your league, don't be stuck with your um, pants down in the playoffs with nobody to 
actually start, go use those fourths and thirds. Um, so I've talked about Nico Collins today. I, I've talked about um, uh, Michael Pittman I'm in on. Talked about selling Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm going to give the people what they want, though. I've been told not to. <laughs> Don't just reiterate, guys, we've already talked about. So let's hit a new one. We're going to go full circle here. Beginning of the year, around like week four, I was selling Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're buying them now. We're going to go in and buy if we can get for a late one. So I haven't been able to get any done for a late one, but I've seen him go for a late one. I know, Matt, you sold him for a late one. Yeah. Um, I'm in on buying him at that price, and it may be the offseason before we can make a move like that, but at a late one price, I'm in on JSN. Yeah, makes sense. So if he start, if he doesn't, if he doesn't flash much, if he if he has a really quiet end of the year, are you still in like kind of you've seen enough? You're you're hoping that happens and then swoop in at that buy at that late one price. Yeah. You don't need to see anymore, kind of. Yeah, basically, if he can just keep doing what he's doing, which is bleh, like five for fifty, if he just keeps doing that, I'm fine. Um, I, I I've seen enough to to think okay, he's worth that late one. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. All right, boys. Another fun one. Good luck to everyone as we're one week away from the playoffs. You can find us on Twitter. Brian is at Brian underscore O'Leary one. Matt is at Dynasty Peasant. And I'm Todd at Dynasty S-Flex. In close, Matt is buying Tank Dell. Brian is buying all sorts of guys with your threes and your fours for your contenders on your stretch run. I'm back to buying JSN. We'd really appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Would really help us out. Um, any le any likes or retweets of the podcast also a great help for Brian, for Matt, and myself. Thanks for joining episode one point twelve of the Dynasty Market Watch podcast. Going to Derek White's better than Alex Caruso. <laughs> Master recipes on the stove lights. The number on his jersey is the quote price.